Tuesday, June the 15th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, NATO eyes China coldly, and Airbus and Boeing nudge nearer a truce. First, the world in brief. NATO leaders said China presents, quote, systemic challenges to the rules-based international order. While the alliance avoided calling China a rival in a joint statement, it expressed concern about its, quote, coercive policies and growing military power. The declaration comes a day after G7 leaders criticized the country's human rights record. China accuses the group of rich democracies of political manipulation. A 17-year dispute between Boeing and Airbus could soon end in a truce. Trade representatives from America and the EU have reportedly made a breakthrough. Both plane makers have been bickering at the World Trade Organization since 2004, each complaining that the other is unfairly supported by subsidies. Billions in tariffs are at stake if a resolution cannot be forged by July 11th. Novavax said its two-shot jab was 90% effective against the coronavirus in a 30,000-person trial. Anthony Fauci, head of America's COVID-19 task force, called it, quote, very impressive. The American biotech company will now seek regulatory approval, especially from the WHO, the approval of which is necessary for the vaccine to be distributed to poorer countries through COVAX, a vaccine-sharing alliance. Dozens of African migrants went missing after a boat capsized off the coast of Yemen. It had sailed from Djibouti on Saturday with about 200 on board. Fishermen said they recovered 25 bodies in the water. Thousands of people from the Horn of Africa attempt to cross the Gulf of Aden every year, seeking work in Saudi Arabia and other oil-rich states. The EU announced it is selling a tranche of 10-year bonds expected to be completed today for about 10 billion euros, 12.1 billion dollars. The sale is intended to help finance its COVID-19 recovery fund. It is part of a wider issuance by the bloc, which should total 800 billion euros by 2026 and fund a series of grants and loans to member states. Shares in companies linked to Gautam Adani plunged after reports that India's securities depository had frozen the accounts of three foreign funds investing in them. The Adani group said those reports were erroneous and put about to mislead investors. Mr Adani, Asia's second richest man, saw his net worth tumble by $6 billion. Two Americans admitted to having helped Carlos Ghosn, the former boss of Nissan, escape prosecution in Japan in 2019. Michael Taylor and his son Peter are on trial in Japan for aiding Mr Ghosn's escape to Lebanon. Mr Ghosn was on bail awaiting trial for allegedly misappropriating company funds when he absconded. He denies the charges. And fact of the day. In 2000, China had fewer than 1,200 museums. By the end of 2020, it had nearly five times that many. And now, here's today's agenda. Smiles at the summit, America and the EU. Expect a genial atmosphere when Joe Biden, America's president, pays a visit to the institutions of the European Union today. 
After four years of Donald Trump, both sides are desperate to paint a picture of a transatlantic alliance renewed. America and the EU will issue a combined statement declaring their willingness to work together on everything from COVID-19 to climate change. But scrape beneath the usual vagaries of such communiques and the same old problems remain. Spats over export controls on vaccines and disagreements on how best to tax polluters drag on. A lingering row on trade with Trump-era tariffs still hitting European steelmakers remains unsolved. Taken together, it could be claimed that the transatlantic relationship remains substantially unchanged since the days of Mr. Trump, but don't expect any of that to be mentioned. For now, the two sides are simply happy with kind words. Action will have to wait. No help for the hungry. Famine in Tigray. The UN warns that hundreds of thousands of people could starve in Ethiopia's already devastating civil war. To subdue rebels in the northern Tigray region, soldiers have burnt crops and blocked or looted aid convoys. Farmers have been shot at or beaten for ploughing their fields. Children are dying of hunger. Mark Lowcock, the UN's humanitarian chief, says that Ethiopian forces and their Eritrean allies are using, quote, starvation as a weapon. But the UN Security Council is for now unlikely to do anything to stop it. Its discussions today will take place in private and are unlikely to yield a resolution. Since the war began last November, the Security Council's divided members have mustered only a single toothless statement. With China, Russia and India opposing anything that looks like foreign meddling, a frustrated America is imposing sanctions unilaterally. The Security Council's failure is unacceptable, said Linda Thomas-Greenfield, America's ambassador to the UN last week. Do African lives not matter? Lord Save Me, Southern Baptists' Convention The Southern Baptist Convention, America's largest Protestant denomination, meets in Nashville this week. Over 16,000 representatives from churches across America will elect a new president and vote on the convention's position on a range of issues. It is expected to be the largest annual gathering of Southern Baptists in a quarter of a century. The SBC is currently having a reckoning. Some fear that the recent departure of Beth Moore, a popular Bible teacher, and several prominent black pastors augurs an exodus of women and African Americans. But the most pressing discussion centers around sexual abuse. Recent leaks suggested that high-ranking members opposed reforms to improve processes surrounding accusations of abuse, leading to calls for an independent investigation. The controversy has caused a schism in the SBC. As conservative and moderate factions vie for control of its future, members will all be praying for deliverance. Under the Sea – Exporting Norway's Hydropower Today, testing begins on the North Sea Link, a high-voltage subsea electricity cable spanning the 720 kilometres between Britain and Norway. If all goes to plan, the link will open later this year, allowing Britain to draw on Norway's massive hydropower reserves. Norway already supplies power to its neighbours, having exported excess energy under the sea to Denmark and the Netherlands for years. And power doesn't just flow one way. Last month, Germany's grid was hooked up to Norway's through the Nordlink connection. 
This allows Germany to export surpluses of its wind and solar energy generated on blustery and sunny days in exchange for a supply of Norwegian hydropower on still and dark ones. Such connections help to ensure that less renewable energy goes unused, but they are not a silver bullet for reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Even at peak times, Norway will still provide enough energy to power just 5% of British needs and 8.7% of German ones. A new lease of life, Tirana's Pyramid Crashing and banging, workmen are crawling over the top of Tirana's most famous and most eccentric building. After years of dilapidation, Tirana's pyramid is being restored and given a new purpose. Enver Hoxha, Albania's Stalinist dictator, died three years before the Pyramida was completed in 1988, but the symbolism was clear. Hoxha was the Albanian pharaoh, and the pyramid, co-designed by his daughter and son-in-law, would stand as a monument to his works. But after the collapse of communism in 1991, his memorial centre was closed. The pyramid has since had many lives, serving as home to trade fairs, a disco called The Mummy, and in 1999 a NATO base during the Kosovo War. Now, Erion Veliage, Tirana's mayor, argues that while history needs remembering, the building needs a new purpose and meaning. When it reopens, it will have entered the digital age, housing an organization that teaches young Albanians how to code. Finally, here's the quote of the day from William McPhee, who was born on this day in 1881. The world belongs to the enthusiast who keeps cool. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.